Hi, it's Jeff, host of the podcast. My latest author interview will be up in just one moment. I'm not going to ask you to buy anything. I'm not going to ask you to go and review the podcast. What I am going to do is take just one brief moment and ask you to recommend the podcast to just one friend. If you're a writer or if you're someone who just loves books and you love this podcast and the interviews that I do, all that I ask is that you recommend the podcast to just one friend. Thanks a lot. Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Zibby Owens, author of the new book, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature. Zibby is the host of her own books podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. And she is a regular columnist for Good Morning America and a frequent guest on morning news shows recommending books. Best-selling writer Kristen Hanna wrote about Zibby's new memoir, I knew Zibby was an ardent supporter of authors, but I didn't realize she was such a fantastic writer herself. Insightful, helpful, authentic, and unifying. The tone of this beautifully written, memorable memoir is just so Zibby. A great choice for every busy mom. Zibby, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Sure. Well, if someone listening hasn't yet heard about your book, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature. How would you describe the memoir? I would say it is my deeply personal story chronicling some of life's big plot twists. And it takes me through the journey of discovering my voice again in my 40s. It starts off in my childhood and interweaves the the books I was reading and all the key moments in my life and why books have become the centerpiece of my career and the love of my life. And it goes through a lot of things that many people can relate to, grief, uh, trauma, eating issues, friendships, motherhood, reinvention, falling in love, um, family. I don't know. It, it's a... Uh, it, it's it's wide in, in in scope in terms of years covered, but the focus is always back to books. That's wonderful. I'm curious. Do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to write bookends? I've been trying to write a memoir of some kind for a long time. Started by it started when I lost my best friend Stacy Sanders on 9/11. She was my college roommate and best friend. And when we were 25, she passed away. She worked in the North Tower and was her office was right where the first plane hit. So we believe she was killed at her desk. After I lost her, I, uh, I resolved that if I was going to get killed at my desk, I better be bringing my whole self to whatever I was doing. So that's informed my career. And after business school, after which I lost another four people close to me in the same year, I decided to take a year off and write a book. And this was back in 2003, 2004. And that the book um, chronicled just that one period of my life, losing Stacy and, and the juxtaposition of of being a grieving 25-year-old when so many other students were, uh, you know, just living life normally. Um, I started writing that then and turned it into a novel that ultimately didn't sell. This was back in the early 2000s. Um, and then I took a year, 11 years off and stayed home with my my four kids. And recently, then I ended up actually getting divorced and having time to write again. Uh, 
And then I decided to pick this up one more time because I really wanted to get that story about Stacy out in the world and to kind of urgently share the secret, which I think anyone who's gone through tragic loss learns quickly, which is that life is is short and that's not just theoretical. It's very, very present at all times. And from one moment to the next, you have to live life like that's your last day um, and infuse it with meaning. So those are some of the reasons. And I wanted to make other people feel less alone in whatever their journey was. And I feel like it's very easy for me to write about my feelings and emotions and experiences in a way that makes other people relate to them. So that's why I did it. That's interesting. Um, and it's interesting that you mentioned Stacy. I, I I was kind of conflicted about talking uh, about that only because I um, was getting out of Grand Central Station on 9/11 after the first plane hit. Um, I didn't lose anybody in the in the attack, but I watched both the towers fall from my wow. office um, in Midtown. Um, and I don't know. I think for some people who are so used to seeing stuff on TV, tragedies, I think like unless you were in New York that day, you can't imagine what that experience was like. I'm still kind of even like my voice is shaking saying this because oh. just all those emotions. Um, do you feel like books and reading helped you deal with your grief? Yes. Books and reading helped me through grief then. And even more recently, my husband lost his mother and grandmother to COVID uh, in the early days of COVID, um, his mother after a six-week illness uh, with it in the hospital. And that was horrendous. And yes, I read, I dived into work, I dove into work, I should say. And uh, talking to authors, being with authors, focusing on other people's words and not the thoughts that were necessarily in my own head or my own life at the time. And I think that books can provide not only this sense of connection, but also escape that really no, no other medium can do it quite as effectively. Sure. Well, as someone who loves reading and books, have you always been a passionate reader? I have. I've loved reading since I was a little girl, and it has stayed with me. I was the kid always with a book, taking out huge stacks at the library. In fact, tonight I'm doing, uh, this weekend, in fact, I'm doing two events at local libraries where I grew up getting books and attending events. So it's it's really special to now be going back as an author, which is really neat. Well, what what led you from being a passionate reader to, in your words, being kind of a book messenger? And as I mentioned earlier, um, you have your own books podcast and you're regularly um, being quoted on, on book recommendations. How did that come about? Well, it was not the plan. <laughs> um, I was always sort of an unofficial book messenger to friends and family recommending books. When people would go on vacation, they would ask me what to read and all of that, but it didn't occur to me to do that in any professional context. I hadn't been in the publishing industry, really. I had worked in marketing. And I really, though, wanted to sell this book. And at first, I thought about selling a book called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Uh, after my my the man who became my second husband suggested that I compile a bunch of recently written parenting essays. So I said, you know, moms don't have time to read books. How could they read that book? And then I thought, that's a really funny title. So I'll just call that That'll be the title of the book. Well, he was right, and agents didn't find that funny. Um, so I decided to work on a different book. In fact, I tried to write a book called 40 Love, which ultimately I also turned into this book. And along the way, a girlfriend of mine who's an author realized, you know, I didn't have a platform. It might be hard to sell a book. I wasn't on social media. I, yes, I'd been freelance writing since I was 14, but that didn't count in today's world. So she said one day, you know, you should start a podcast. And I was like, what's a podcast? 
And that's really how it started. I went home. I couldn't even find the podcast button on my phone. I had to download it from the App Store. I listened to a bunch of podcasts and I Googled how to start a podcast. This was in early 2018. And I started doing one a week and interviewing authors because I thought, oh, great, I can just use that title that didn't work for a book and I'll make that the title of a podcast. And if that was the title, what would the show be? Well, it would have to be about books and talking to authors. So that's how it happened. That's great. Um, I'm curious, do you have a favorite time or place to read? I always read at night before I go to bed, but that's probably not my favorite. That's like my default. Um, I mean, if I had my if I had my way, I would say ugh, maybe you're just reading by the ocean or by the water somewhere, by the pool at a beach with a light breeze. I don't know, <laughs> something like that. But that's not my life today. That sounds great. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm curious, do you have comfort books that you go back to and reread? I really don't. I don't like to reread. I have reread only a handful of books because I love them so much when I read them. I wanted to see like, wait, why did I love this one so much? What was it about that? Um, so I can only even think of a handful of books I've reread. I like, except for every single children's book I've read to my kids, I've re read like a thousand times. Uh, <laughs> but grown up books, no, I, I don't, I don't reread them. That's great. Well, um, I can only imagine that you're inundated with new books and advanced reader copies. Uh, what's your process when you finish a book of how do you decide what you'll read next? Um, what I read next is all based on what I've booked for my podcast. So it, whenever, you know, Friday afternoon hits, like when we're talking now, I will look and see, okay, well, what do I have next week? And then I get a pile of whatever I've previously booked and that's what I'll read in a given week. But how do I book it in the first place? Um, I go through sort of a funnel type process. Uh, usually I get pitched via email, at least post COVID, which is really good. And I go through all the emails maybe once a week or once every two weeks. And I f say no thanks to the ones that I just don't catch my interest. And the ones that are maybe I ask to see uh, an arc. Um, and so then I get those in hard copy and then I sit down with all of them and I read parts of them enough to see if this is something I'm excited about. And I research the author a little bit and then I decide which ones to cover. That's great. Well, if you had to look back over the last five to 10 years of book publishing and choose your top three to four novels, what would they be? Oh boy. Top three to four novels since doing the podcast. I really loved The Paper Palace by Miranda Cowley Heller. I really loved... Um, Nora Goes Off Script by Annabelle Moynihan. I Love The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. And another one of my top novels that I've read through the podcast. Um, hmm. Gosh, there are so many. I don't know. Those are my top three. Can we okay. go with three? <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. That sounds okay. good. Well, I'm curious. I mean, and, and you're a mom and we all see the data and statistics about social media use, online consumption of videos and games and streaming uh, movies and TV shows. Does it worry you about people reading? It does. It gets in the way even of my own reading um, and my kids reading. I have four kids and it's it's a challenge to get them off and into something that takes eight hours or 10 hours. I mean, it's a hard sell, you know? sit here motionless and calmly be quiet and read these pages. I mean, it's almost like a parent's dream, but that you wouldn't think would be a reality. Um, 
I do think it's tough. Uh, I'm happy about the book talk phenomenon. Um, my son had a friend over the other day. He's 15. And I asked the friend what she liked to read. And she's like, oh, really anything on book talk? And I was like, well, that is cool. <laughs> <laughs> cool and not cool. But anyway, um, glad she was reading and uh, and all of that. So um, I guess all we can do is have books available and ready and all of that. So, so are you are you going to launch a, a book talk channel? I have not had any success. Well, that's <laughs> a lie. I had a little success with TikTok, but I can't take any credit for it. My social media manager at at Zibio and Media did this funny campaign for this other show I host called um, I co-host called Sex Talk with Zibby and Tracy, and it was supposed to be a, a Moms Don't Have Time to Have Sex show. Uh, <laughs> she's a sex expert, and I just ask her random questions that get in through our website. Uh, but they're not my questions. They're not her questions. Right, they're right. like anonymously sourced. But my social media manager made these videos of me asking the questions like from the Zoom recording <laughs> with the words over the head as if they were my questions, which was so embarrassing. I can't even tell you. Um, and uh, that went viral. And we had like over a million views on a few of our videos. And I had like my son's friends saying to me at dinner parties like, oh, you know, you showed up on my For You page this week. And I was like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> this is so embarrassing. So now, now you have to be interviewed by Dan Savage for his podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I'm curious. You talked about earlier of writing, of working on a novel. Are you still working on fiction? I am. I sold my novel actually, and it's coming out in uh, summer of 2024. Oh, wonderful! What's and the name? It's called. The uh, it's called Blank, and it's about a, a mom who's a writer and has been a formerly best-selling author, working on her next book, which is taking her forever to write, and she comes up with a very innovative solution to to that problem and other personal problems along the way. That's great. And I just had one um, kind of behind the scene questions. I see that your your podcast is almost daily. Um, are you recording daily or do you like it is daily? Um, I record um, some I record a lot in some weeks and every so often maybe like four to six weeks a year I don't record podcasts, but every other week I record usually around eight. <laughs> so I don't I, know I, why I can I really relate. Should. I can relate. So. <laughs> well, well, where can people find you online if they'd like to learn more about you and your memoir and your podcast and all that you're doing? Yes. Uh, my website is zibbyowens.com. And I also have a website for the book, which is bookendsmemoir.com. I'm on Instagram at zibbyowens and I'm on there way too much. And that's about it. Um, I'm on all the channels. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter at Zibby Owens. I'm, I'm, I'm around, but my, my hub is Instagram and also zibbyowens.com. That's great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Zibby Owens, author of the new book, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature. And as we mentioned, Zibby is the host of her own books podcast. Moms don't have time to read books, so go take a listen. And her memoir is on sale now, so go buy a copy. And Zippy, thanks for doing this interview. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. 
Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.